Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Good morning. What is up, City Life? Good to see you. Good to see your faces. How you doing today? Man, God has something special as we kick off a new series, Love Your. Today, Love Your God. Just around the corner, we have a special date, September 13th. We are turning The number symbolic for grace, what number is that? That is none other than the number, not one, not two, not three, not four, but we are turning five. City life is turning five years old. And to think all that God has allowed us to do in just five years, miraculous. And here's the thing. God's not just a God of the past. He's a God of the present and he's a God of the future. And we need to be reminded sometimes of what he's done. So we'll remember that he's going to do it again. And he's got more in store for everyone that leans in, believes that he is going to reward those who diligently seek him. Because here's the thing. When he starts something, he finishes it. And he's building this story, writing this story at City Life. We are going to keep it super simple today. Love your God. And I want to read the passage that we ended the freedom series with and move right into Jesus teaching us the top law, top focus that we should have as people who follow Jesus. Now, you might be watching this and you're like, I don't know if I'm into this Jesus thing, but life has been pretty hard. So therefore, I find myself either on YouTube, Facebook, or the City Life streaming platform. And no matter where you're coming into this space, there's freedom to to sit, listen, engage, laugh, cry, question, wonder. But I believe this, that God is so powerful. He doesn't need our signature and he's drawing his kids back home. We will speak as one from somebody who's already saying, Jesus, teach us, lead us, you are Lord and Savior. But he's also calling out to more kids to come back home because me and you will never be good enough. But the good news is this, he sent Jesus to live the life we couldn't and die the death we should have. And when we put our faith in him, we are made brand new. Let's do it old school a little bit. So why don't you actually get a Bible, pull out your phone, go to the Bible app. We're going to read this together. Us being live right now, we're still going to be working in the weeks ahead to get scriptures on the screen. But today I'm reading it. You're reading it. And let's go to math or first Galatians chapter five. Then we're going to go to Matthew 22. So you can just thumb through Matthew, the first book, In the New Testament, Galatians, a little further down, and here we are in Galatians chapter 5, 
Verse 13, for you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through what? Love. Love your what? For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. Well, how is it even possible that we could love one another or to love my neighbor as myself? Well, let's go to Matthew's gospel, Matthew's account of Jesus, the good news of who Jesus is. Jesus being this new Moses, taking us out of bondage and giving us freedom eternally. Jesus being the apex, he's the culmination of what all of life and existence is about the great teacher, the great leader, the great savior, our Lord. And when he speaks, we listen and we want to be red letter Christians. When Jesus talks, we listen. And so if you're running a race or you're putting together something, starting lines matter. Like where we begin matters. I don't know if you've put together maybe a desk, bookshelf, anything hung something and we all kind of have this thing in us where we don't want to be told what to do (laughs) you know like don't tell me what to do like i don't want to be told what to do who are you to rule over me and so all of us we want that 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 mobility we want that freedom to be agile and say man how dare you impose some type of law or restrictions on me Now, we then cast that oftentimes on God and say, who are you to give me instructions? Who are you to tell me what to do? Well, last I checked, you and me, we can't sustain the earth spinning on its axis right now. Last time I checked, we can't sustain the earth in in orbit around the sun. I actually read uh, this past week that Even the sun rotates around a fixed point in the center of our galaxy. We aren't sustaining any of that. So who is? God. There's a creator beyond me and you, and we often want the instructions to be how we want to write them. But if you put something together, you know this. If you don't follow the instructions, (laughs) sometimes it's a little crooked. That desk don't... It don't shut the way. Those doors don't, I have about four doors at my house that don't shut right. Why? You know, kind of the homeboy friend thing. Eh, I can hang a door for you. We save a little money and I'm grateful for that. So hey, shout out if you're the person that hung the door. Look, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. I'm just saying we're not defined by our works. But here's the thing. It don't work. The door don't work. And it don't work because we didn't hang that sucker right. And if we didn't hang that sucker right, it's because maybe we just don't know what we're doing. Life is like that, that we aren't, we aren't getting results. It's not working. And we don't want to go back to the source because our sin is, is just blasphemy. It says, God, get behind me. We want to stiff arm God. We want to give him that Heisman pose and be like, get behind me. I don't want nothing to do with you. If you can't fix this right here, right now, then I don't need you. But look, if we are deceived by the God of our bellies, the God of now, that we will miss the God of the universe oftentimes. So I want us to zoom out and see a little bit further than just today. 
or what's been happening in just this season. And I want us to see that there's a reason and there's a purpose for life. Love your what? Love your God. Matthew 22 Verse 35 through 40, Jesus has got some people in the background that are waiting for him to instruct, man, hey, Jesus, what are you about to teach him? Do you know the Torah? Do you know our culture? Why don't you tell the people? And they're questioning him from a place of not, not excitement or raising our hands that we want unity or that we can all do this together, but they're skeptic. They're, they're saying, they're, they're so skeptical and they're filled with this this animosity towards who does Jesus think he is? And I think for all of us, that's what we have to ask. Who is Jesus? Who does he think he is? Who is this God of the universe that Christians claim? I've met some Christians, but what do they represent? Because it looks like they can't even be unified through this unified Christ, that they can't be one. Can we look past our examples for a moment? Now, our examples may be helpful, but they may be hurtful. Can we look past even the uh, instructions that we might have thought were given to us or the life hacks that, that may or may not be working and get right to the origin, the starting line and say, God, if you're real, show yourself to be true. And God, if you're real, which God are you? Well, here's what Jesus is telling them. Verse 35 through verse 40, Matthew 22. And one of them, an expert in the law. You know, sometimes when you're an expert, you make the, the most mistakes. Why? Because we're the smartest one in the room. We lose that curiosity of a child. I, I've, I've noticed this to be true in my own life. That when I think I know what I'm doing, I am more susceptible to make rookie mistakes. I mean, there was a time when the speakers weren't working in the studio and the speakers weren't working and we assumed, me assumed, first leading point, I assumed they must be broken because I had tried several things to troubleshoot, but I missed the one rookie thing. Is the stinking speaker plugged in? Come on, somebody. Well, I'm thinking, no way somebody got behind the desk and unplugged that jaunt. Like, but here's the thing. We took it. This is embarrassing. We took that thing to the tech store and they called back three days later. Tech support. We had to drive all the way to Detroit area specialists that will help these speakers. And they called back and they said, hey, these speakers are working amazing. And the guy gently with a little sarcasm and a little bit of, are you guys dumb? He said something to the effect of, well, did you make sure it was plugged in? And me, I'm like, well, of course. We wait. <laughs> I didn't. Um, I guess in theory it could have been unplugged, and sure enough, even though I thought I was an expert in that moment, I missed the most basic understanding. The starting line. Is it plugged in? And we could go even further. Is the power working? Maybe that plug's not working. And so we're going to the very origin. And as an expert in the law, they asked a question to test him. They want to test Jesus because we can be most deceived by the more we know. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? And he said to him, come on, lean in this morning. Jesus said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
and with all your soul and with all your mind. If Jesus says that's the starting line, we have to say, is it? And what does that mean? Before we come with our checklist, God, here's what I want you to do. Here's how I want you to show up right now. But God, are you supreme? Do I love you over everything? It's okay to ask these questions. Come on, you're watching this. You're either with a small group of people or you're alone, but you're not truly alone. You're with God. And he's wondering, do we love him with our whole heart and with our soul and with our mind? Some of us are already feeling forced. Well, God, do I have to love you? No, we don't have to. But as we look at who he is, we realize that he is the only one that can fill this God-sized hole in each and every single one of us. And then Jesus goes on to say, this is the greatest and most important command. But I thought Galatians 5 said this. It could be all summed up. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. Now, if you're a Bible buff, you know that in the Old Testament, there's a lot of commands. It can seem that these commands are demanding from a God who is on a power trip. Cue the song. If you know Lecrae's song, that power trip, I think it's Lecrae, maybe Derek Miner's on it. I'm not sure exactly, but power trip. That's what's in my head right now. The beat is awesome. Power trip. And is God on a power trip? He's going around. He's like, look, I created you. Look at you little, little peons. Like, look at you. I created you. Why don't you just listen to me? And we start to get this demeaning character. Why? Because we often associate anybody, get this, get this. We often associate anybody with authority as the people we've met, the examples of authority in our life. So that if God says that he has the highest authority, he must be like all of the authority in my life. I could have good or bad examples of that. Doors that were hung that work or doors that were hung that don't work. And depending on those experiences now, we start to cast, here's who God must be. He's my dad who was present or wasn't. He's my mom who was present or wasn't. He's my teacher that yelled at me, that put me in detention, that in sixth grade said my penmanship wasn't good enough and wrote and said, you have to write a report on amoebas. I'm not speaking from first, uh, you know, first experience here, first person experience, but. (laughs) And you start to think, okay, that's what God is. Or maybe the first time you got in trouble. I remember when I got caught stealing at 13. Local quality dairy. And they want to make an example of, make sure, boy, you know, never make these mistakes again. I don't know why I make that voice, but that's kind of, that's my interpretation. As you know, truth is sometimes the eye of the beholder. But what we're claiming today, this is the starting line. Love your God. That truth is objective. He's in charge. He's supreme. But back to my quality dairy story. So the quality dairy story is this. I, I, I'm just kind of addicted to the thrills in life. I'm addicted to what, anything that kind of just rebellious, sin, you name it. And here I am, 13. I got a bunch of money, but I don't want to spend it on this magazine. So I decide to steal a $5 magazine. 
And as I steal that $5 magazine, there's a great law-abiding citizen that is in the uh, parking lot. They are prolific as uh, sin police. They come in. They're going to make sure, in which I'm not knocking them. This is actually God's grace for my life. But it's hilarious how the story goes. They go inside. They say, that guy stole a magazine. Sure enough, I get caught, stole a magazine. They hold me in the back. Cops come. But the cops take me outside, and they begin to arrest me in the parking lot, 13 years old, in front of everybody. So why? Probably so that I'd, earn, I'd, I'd, I'd learn. I'd learn a lesson. But here's the thing. If I start to think that that's only how God is, if that's the only examples I have of the law, anytime I hear command or I hear law, I'm going to dismiss and discredit the authority of God. So when I hear law and I hear commands and I hear prophets, I got to then think, well, what is happening? What were the prophets saying? Where did these laws come from? Well, Matthew's gospel is showing us that Jesus is the great leader and the great fulfillment of heaven's best to free us from oppression, to free us from the bondage of sin, to free us from Egypt bombarding us, the Babylon rule and reign, not literally Egypt today, but figurative that the rule of darkness is still wanting to enslave us. But then we step out of that and we say, now I have a new master. I have a new leader. I have a new authority. And this authority is perfect. And when he speaks laws, they're right. They're good. So therefore I can here is a tough word. I can submit and I want to, and I want to love the Lord God with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind. And this God relationship vertically is always tied horizontally to my engagement and my impact with people. There's just no way around that. Well, I just take me and God, but I don't want to take people. But our understanding of God influences our interaction with people. So we're going to go back for a moment. We're going to look at the top 10 laws that for the Bible buffs, all of these commands of God, there's 613 Old Testament commands. 613 rules, if you will, to show that God's people are different. And they have a different leader and they have a different authority. My life started to transform when I started to understand authority. And being under authority of many examples of God's authority all across earth all the time, as simple as a store clerk, I'm under their authority. I'm under the authority of government, but ultimately I'm under God's authority. And he's a great example of authority. And he just said, he don't need my signature today. So when Jesus says, love your God, oh, he means it. So in Exodus 20, we get what is known as the Ten Commandments. But Ten Commandments, I learned this. Uh, Kevin DeYoung has an article he wrote on the Gospel Coalition. And Ten Deca, um, Deca, in Decalogue, but Deca Logos 
It really means the 10 words. So the 10 words of God, that these 613 commands flow from these 10 commandments. And we've come to Jesus, many of us, by saying, okay, you're guilty, you're filthy, you're worthless, you're nothing. And hey, now here's a savior that can uh, take all of this um, because we need somehow, so we're kind of even sometimes power tripped or feared into accepting God because we know that we're just guilty. So at some level, we know, hey, we've broken these commands, it's in us. So then at this point, we've either rejected, well, God, why didn't he uh, do this my way? And so I'm going to reject and I'm just going to kind of move on. And we want to be the authority. We want to be the supreme. We want to write the instructions. We, we just do, you know? And so in Exodus 20, God takes his people out of the rule and reign by being oppressed out of Egypt. They are then set free and he's going to show his rule up through them, and they're going to be so set apart that he's now instructing them on how to navigate in a way as free people. Not people that are then fighting to be free again. No, no, he sets us free. We're free indeed, but his law is still good. And so to understand his law, to understand love your God, we got to see that the lawgiver's perfect. The lawgiver's amazing. So I want to read the Ten Commandments here, or Exodus 20. Um, Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Come on, somebody. When you've been set free, you got a praise in your mouth that is so loud that when God says, now here's how I want you to live, his commands are great. They're not burdensome. They are beautiful and they are perfect. First John 5.3 says that, that his, his commands aren't burdensome. They're good. Do not have any other gods besides me. God, come on. Why are you being so exclusive? Well, for a minute, if you knew that every cup was poisoned but one and your own child was about to drink that cup, or drink a cup. You would do everything possible to push away the counterfeits, to put a, push away the poison because they're false. And you would say only that one because I know because I poured it. That's the one I poured. And so him being exclusive then demands us to respond in a way with his authority to say, hey, what does it mean? Are you just like every other God? If I'm supposed to love my God with everything I have, Why? It's fair. God allows us to ask questions today, but he's kind of put an exclamation point on it. All we have to do, Romans 1 shows us, just go out and look outside. You'll see the divine fingerprints of an architect that is so perfect and so beautiful that you couldn't have so much order. There must be a God. And then if there is a God, Which God is it? All gods aren't equal. See, the invitation from Jesus is one that is very inclusive. Anyone can come, anybody. But to stay, there is no other God besides him. But when we understand the character and the nature of who God is, we realize that it's beautiful to follow his commands. You know, A.W. Tozer, 
There's a famous quote. It says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Is it moments getting arrested outside? Is it moments where the door doesn't work when we think of God? God's perfect. He's amazing. And so when he says in Exodus 20, have no other gods besides me, we don't even have to elaborate on that. He just is. God is. So do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on earth below or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow in worship to them and do not serve them. I think it's easy to say, well, I'm not bowing to something that's carved. Well, are we? Are we worshiping our cars? Are we worshiping our job? Are we worshiping our money? Are we worshiping our security? Are we worshiping our false hope? Are we worshiping our own ideology? Are, are we worshiping our, here's where it gets tough, are we worshiping ourselves? Because at some level, if you and me, we don't have something or someone that calibrates us all, now it's the rule of the day. Hey, your opinion, my opinion, whose opinion, let's go. But here's the thing. When I get on the road, I don't want it to be an opinion of which side to drive on. Come on. And in fact, how much trust do we have in humanity? We can't agree online about nothing, but we're going to get on a loan and I'm going to be riding down the street with every single person known to mankind. I'm going to trust you. How much faith do we have in people? You're driving a 2,000-pound vehicle 70 miles an hour feet away from me, and then we're so scared if maybe a robot car would drive. Well, look, I'm not sure if I'm more scared about a robot car or that dude or that girl or what. Come on. Like, think about it for a second. Of course we love order. Of course we love objective calibration for each one of us because every day we travel or we go somewhere or we're on a floor. Somebody built that floor to make sure that we don't fall through. That plane gets checked by people all over to make sure it stays in the air. And we've often now said, okay, well, it's either God or science. Yeah, right. Science consistently points to a God. Christians shouldn't be without science. Christians shouldn't be belligerent saying, I just think or feel. Science always complements. They go hand in hand. But people have seen bad examples of what Christians look like that therefore they would never want to submit to love your God because we can just pull up a Google post and be like, look at what this one Christian said. I get what that one Christian said, but look, that one Christian's not Christ. I get what that one person said, but that person's not God. And I'm not worshiping that person. People will let me down. We will let each other down, but God will never let us down. And so when he's saying this, he's given a new way. He's given a new order. Do not bow and worship to them. Do not serve them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Now we start to understand why, man. Okay, if God, you're jealous, why? Because he knows that he is the only one that can satisfy us, but also he created us and he longs to be in relationship. I get jealous when the kids come home and they go to other people first. I want them to come to me. I want them to be like, hey, why don't you just come here? I'm jealous. I'm like, hey, because why? They're my children. So it only makes sense that God would be jealous about something he created because we're his. So that's a good thing. We think jealousy would be bad with God. It's good because he recognizes bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children's to the third and fourth generations of those who hate him. He knows that if you don't follow him, 
in his way of life, there will be sin that is so repetitive that it is passed down from generation to generation to generation. And we're just guilt, 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 condemnation, more shame, more shame, more shame, and enter in the grace of heaven. And this is why our praise gets so loud with Jesus, but that's another week. This is about the supremacy of God today, right here, right now. Are you still with me? You better re-up. Man, he's going a little fast. Come on, let's go. Get a pen, get a pencil, double down again. We are here. Love your God with everything we have. In just a few moments, we're gonna have some time to exercise this. We're gonna worship and we're gonna just put everything aside and say, God, you're first place. Verse six, Exodus 20, but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my, what? Commands. So he can give laws and he can give commands why he's in charge it's okay if our god doesn't disagree with us every once in a while then we don't have a god we are god do not misuse the name of the lord your god because the lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name Seems like he's harsh or that he knows what his name is, holy and perfect. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. This is why Chick-fil-A is not open on Sunday. Moment of silence on Sunday when we go to Chick-fil-A. But there's a reason. That's so why B&H Photo, if you order from them, they have a day they take off. Why? Because they're not going to move at the pace of what the world says. They recognize God set a different pace, a different abide stride. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may have a long life. This is the first time a command comes with a blessing, that you may have a long life in the land that your Lord your God is given you. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Do not covet your neighbor's house. Do not cover your neighbor's wife, his male or female servants, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Don't covet. Don't feel that you have lack if you don't have those things. The Ten Commandments were introduced to God's people after they had been taken out from slavery. He gives them the 10 commandments. Why? First and foremost, because he is God and he has authority over everything and everyone. And then secondly, he's revealing and showing more of who he is to people. And then lastly, because his commands are good. And he's setting the people apart by this new way of life. And his commands are a free path. They're a free travel on the road, but here's where it gets really hard. You and me, we're always going to be lawbreakers. We're never going to be good enough. We're always going to break some command, if not all of them, all the time. And then when we start getting to more robust, 613, I mean, shh, none of us are without sin. But it is so fascinating how quick we judge each other, right? How are we supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves if we don't first understand that we have to love your God? Love your God. But I don't have to figure all that out. I just first have to say, 
okay, God, you're in charge. You're, you're, I trust you, your instructions, your step-by-step assignment. And for some of us, we want to go to the end and see the picture of the Lego set put together. Oh, I got it. I'm just going to put this Lego set together. Anyway, the picture is beautiful because God's a visionary. He gives us a picture of a new heaven, new earth. He gives us a picture of all things new, but he also gives us ancient instructions that his law is perfect and good. And many times we don't just go to the ending. We've got to go to the beginning as well. Remind ourselves step by step and recognize that in the present, I might've gotten off because I haven't been calibrated to love God first. Everything. I mean, God is so demanding. I mean, every single thing to love God first. Maybe you've heard like, you know, love God, then love family, you know, love country, and you just move on and you start to go through your list. Here, here's the list. Here's how it works with God. Love God, love God, love God, love God. That the love of God would feel like hate compared to any other love on this planet. And I think a healthy question for us as we kind of wrap up today is, is God first, but is he second, third, for is he the center of my universe? Like in me, do I love him with everything I have? Do I feel some type of lack today that I need a relationship to be connected or I need a job or I need the world to change or I need the Lakers to not lose last night to the Raptors? Dang it. I don't need any of that to be complete. I need God first. Love your God. Love your God. I'm going to have Tina come back up in a moment and um, sing and lead us. And though the earth may try to satisfy, to captivate me, nothing will fulfill this hole that God put inside of me that only he can fill. And the great news is, is he sent Jesus. And when we come to Jesus and we say, you're the one, he makes us brand new. There's no guilt in that. There's just grace, just grace, just grace. But understanding the origin, the supremacy of God is very key that he's over me, he has authority over me, he created everything so his ways are higher, his commands are perfect, it's good. So now I'm seeing it repositioned. It's not transactional, now it's transformational. It's not duty, but it's delight. I'm like, oh, it makes sense. If there's a maker and I'm made, He would know how I'm supposed to be used. He would know how to hang my door. He would know the depths of me. And I want to drive how he wants me to drive because he set me free. He came for me. He heard my cry. He sees me. So beautiful. When we, Crystal and I, we're about uh, almost celebrating our 15th, 15th anniversary. You know, cue the just keeps getting better well yeah of course but you got to work on it right it's not easy but it is beautiful 15 years is awesome because you get to know each other more you get to 
But if it's duty, like I have to love you, no, no, if I have to put you, you know, in my life as my wife, no, I, I, I get to. But there's going to be times where you don't always feel, but it is beautiful as we understand why. Because God's first, he has order, he's committed, and then we now fall in line with that. And as I walk that out, it's so beautiful. So 15 years, absolutely beautiful. Best decision I ever made outside of choosing Jesus. Like that is phenomenal or Jesus choosing me, however we word it, get there, whatever. But here's the point. Here's the point. When I first was on a date with Crystal, I called back home and I called, uh, or she called back home to her father. Duty on the phone. And he's like, oh, you're with the guy? Put him on the phone. Woo. I mean, I'm 24 years at the time. I think she's just 20, about to turn 21. And um, I'm like, I don't need no man. Your dad's on the phone. We're just on a first entry level date, you know? And you know the first thing he asked me? Do you know the Ten Commandments? You're a Christian, I heard. I was like, I can get through a few of them. He's like, okay, let's go. (laughs) I go through one, I go through two, I get through through like five of them or whatever. And uh, he goes, I was like, I can't think of them all right now. I can go get a Bible. And in that moment, when I got off the phone, I rejoiced. Because I thought it's a blessing that she would have a dad that cares to ask questions, to make sure why he's in charge as his kid. When God gives us commands, it's a good sign, not a bad sign. We got to reshape and rewire that. And I think for some of us, there's no way we could do that in an hour. There's just no way we could do that in an hour. But I hope today was moving the ball forward to love your God with everything you have to dive into these passages further. But at last here right now, I believe the supernatural power of heaven is going to do something as we just say, God, every other voice, I want no other gods but you. I just want you. That's it. I just want you. I just want you. I just want you to fill me up. I just want you. You're the only one. You are the only one. I'm going to love you with everything I have. And today, the invitation is to love your God. So Tina, will you lead us in singing and maybe get comfortable wherever you're at? And uh, we're going to sing and we're going to receive and we're going to state that God's supreme. We're going to trust him. We're going to love him. It's on right now. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.